Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewell.com and check it out. Oreo. They know that they can put a new version of the same Oreo SKU and it will sell in the Oreo section. Yeah, they'd rather have that. They'd rather have 10 square feet of Oreos. Mm-hmm. than and anything new. But there are a lot of retailers that will take risks. And specifically, you know, when it comes to working with other startups. Welcome back to Pit Stop. If you are looking for a snack, this is the episode for you. If you are trying to be extra healthy during the week, then save it for your cheat day. I've got Jimmy Feeman joining me from No Baked. He and his wife started this company a few years ago, which started out as a scoop shop. They nearly died and pivoted a few times because they realized that they can go a different route than the traditional direct-to-consumer company, which is what we're going to be talking about over the next few episodes. So make sure you're subscribed. Jimmy, welcome to Pit Stop. Thanks for having me on, Lucas. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. I'm excited. I love CPG. Love, love, love cookie dough. I think I've got an explicit tag on the podcast so I can say I fucking love it. Love good snacks, love success stories. So an absolute honor to to have you in the garage today. So let's talk about uh, a little bit because you found a lot of success going going retail, call it a traditional way, going 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 grocery versus uh, the direct-to-consumer route, which is what I think a lot of people find. And that's kind of similar to what I found with, with my business as well, was we had a lot of experience going through to retailers versus online, especially factoring in the, the logistics cost and everything else there. So in this first episode, we're going to talk a little bit about being selective with your retailers. I would love to hear your story of how you got started into retailers and some of the changes that you made along the way. Yeah, so that is something that we thought a lot about. There are a lot of really great mentors that I've had in CPG and the one line of thinking that a lot of them pushed on me and a lot of the things that me and some of my other friends that are in the industry talk about is you have to go to where your customer is. You can't necessarily say like, oh, this worked for this other brand, so I'm going to go there. Typically, the line of thinking for any natural foods brand is, oh, I have to go to Whole Foods. Like that's, I'll go to my Whole Foods region in my local area, and that's how I'll get started. If I had done that, that wouldn't have worked. We sell something that's loaded with sugar. So that's not necessarily the same audience, right? So we really had to think about like, where is our audience and where we had success in the past? When we were running the scoop shops, we still run a few of them. We had had a ton of success with delivery. So Uber Eats, Postmates, Grubhub, DoorDash, a lot of success with those out of our scoop shops. People love to order our product on there. Fast forward a few more years when we got really heavy into direct-to-consumer back in 2020. Similar deal, we, we had a lot of people in our area ordering cookie dough on the website that were close enough to get it quickly. And our biggest complaint was typically, you know, shipping times are really difficult. Don't want to buy four jars at a time. Um, and obviously, we had to bundle things together because it's the only way you can make the unit economics work. Or else you're getting hammered with logistics cost hammered with customer acquisition costs. And none of that works out for someone who's trying to do direct to consumer. So we kind of took those lessons and realized that our dream retailer was uh, GoPuff and just instant commerce in general, because it allowed us to you know kind of play that delivery game that we've been able to play before. It allows us to not fight for shelf space. 
So like someone can find us in the app and like they can find everyone else in the app just as well, just as easily. If your product does really well on the app, then you rank higher, you get better shelf space. And so it's a very democratized thing. I'm not competing with the uh, big conglomerates of the world for a shelf that they don't want to give up. Yeah, you're not competing with Nestle and Hagen Dawes for for shelf space, and they're enforcing map where you have to come in and buy ten thousand dollars a month. So the the small stores are just going to push that because they they have to to keep their Nestle account up. Yeah, and then it also allowed us to play off of the same the same success we'd had before with those delivery platforms. And mm-hmm. so the one thing we found out, we finally were able to land GoPuff. There were a lot of people there that were able to make a partnership happen and really help us out because at the time we had no distribution so they were willing to take us direct and really work with us on actually getting the product in and live really quickly the second thing that we found is there's a lot of other opportunities out there that look a lot like gopuff including doordash doordash recently launched dashmart which is a competitor to gopuff dashmart is growing very quickly and they have been similar to GoPuff in that they were like, okay, you know, if you don't have a distributor in this region, ship us the product direct. Let's get it live on the platform. They're willing to listen to our insights and kind of go where our customers are. So one of our main things was we don't want to launch in regions where we don't have a ton of customers because we know we'll have success in the regions where we do. When we were running the scoop shops, we had the benefit of serving a lot of customers and retaining all of their information. And so I know that between Cincinnati, Louisville, Nashville, um, like that little corridor, which is traditionally dominated by Kroger, if they can uh, help us out in the future, we have about 350,000 customers. In that area, I know I have all these people, I have their emails, I have their phone numbers, like let's get these people into the stores and let's give them a way to actually get our product again because part of our pivot back in 2020 is we shut a lot of scoop shops down. And so you have all these customers that you know kind of felt like we left them out to dry and we didn't. We just didn't want to run those scoop shops anymore, <laughs> especially not with the pandemic going on. So yeah, I mean, I think you know you just have to take all of that information from running your business over the course of time and figure out what retailer is going to work for me. Do your best to reach out to them and do your best to make a case for why you think they're the right retailer for you. There are some people, and you probably know this from being in the industry, there are some retailers who don't pilot new products. They just don't do that. They'll take you on after you've been in a few other stores. Mm-hmm. They want two years of sales data and velocity to know that they're going to move $10 per SKU per week. They just they don't take risks. They have more than enough Oreo. They know that they can put a new version of the same Oreo SKU and it will sell in the Oreo section. Yeah, they'd rather have that. They'd rather have 10 square feet of Oreos mm-hmm. than and anything new. But there are a lot of retailers that will take risks. And specifically, you know, when it comes to working with other startups, like DoorDash or GoPuff, it's hard to consider them startups now, but you have to think these companies are less than 10 years old. They may be very large now, but they still have that mentality that they're going to take chances on other companies that are new and they're helping pilot new brands. And they both have really great local programs. So especially companies that buy local or regionally. I mean, even the Kroger's of the world, at least they buy regionally versus, you know, a Publix is going to want a product that is proven and they're going to take it into their entire chain. And they're not necessarily going to put it in just Tennessee or just Georgia or whatever it might be. So it's just about finding like that right partner who's willing to work with a small brand and then willing to actually do what it takes to help you get distribution and help you get there in the beginning. And also, you know, just figuring out where your customer lives and who they are. For us, it was a little easier because we had had four years of mistakes 
to figure out where our customer was. And, and without that, I don't think it would have been as easy, but no. it's definitely possible for everybody. It is. And it's, I've talked to, to a few different brands about GoPuff and sort of that, that last mile logistics. I did an episode of my other podcast rolled up about, about it, which is, I think this is such a fascinating space that it, it's, it's a marketplace. And if you, if you are growing branding and you think of each marketplace as a, as a channel that can add seven figures of revenue, which they, they absolutely can, you're silly not to at least consider them and try. And then it does give you more sales data and velocity and customer data that you can go show to Kroger or Whole Foods to say, hey, look, we know we're a sugar-filled product, but people like us around these stores, let's work out something. So really, really love that. Make sure you're subscribed for the next episode where we talk about how you can get into some of these smaller, more independent retailers. You're not going to want to miss that episode. Hit that subscribe button. And if you are in the States within a delivery order, go and order some No Baked. Triple Whale is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to triplewhale.com and sign up today.